Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, running, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Friday, November 19th. We'll be, uh, man, a week, well, a little less than a week now, I guess, of, <laughs> yeah. away from Thanksgiving. A week from Black Friday when uh, poverty sets in for all men. That is very, very true. Unless you are named Bat Mooning, whose wife spends a lot. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. She'll never watch this anyway, so it won't matter. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to some time off, being away with family. Obviously, football. I actually don't even know what the games are going to be that Thursday night. I know a lot of people are complaining. I think we get it's Chicago Lions, I believe. Lions. Yeah, I know that's a lot of people complaining about that game. I think it's Obviously, the Raiders and the Cowboys. That might not be a bad match. The night game. I'll look it up real quick while you finish. The yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't know what the games are, but I'm just. I'm looking forward to it. looking for some time off, time with the family, some football. But as always, speaking of football, we are proud to be a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at Pigskin Podnet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN, which we all tag when we go live. Ton a great podcast uh, associated with the network, not just us. So check those out as well. And so what we got? What's the game? Is it a good one? So the fascinating thing is I feel like in years past, they've made a hardcore no buys during Thanksgiving week, which they aren't doing this week. So Thanksgiving week, the Chiefs and the Cardinals are actually on a buy, which is interesting because those are actually two of the better teams. But I was right. It is Bears-Lions. It is Raiders-Cowboys. And then it's Bills at the Saints is the night game. That could be a good game. I don't know. I think all three Raiders-Cowboys will probably be – the most playoff relevant man. Well, I don't know. The last two are really playoff relevant. Yeah. The first one, probably not. Well, no, I was just saying, I think all three, I think all three could be good games. I mean, if I remember correctly, was not it? if Tim Boyle's still the quarterback. In Detroit. What? Uh, yeah. Well, that part's true. Um, what is, um, who was it? It was Washington, right? Washington, yeah. Dallas last week. That was the big Antonio. G- that, was that was like the, the Antonio Gibson coming out game. That's what yeah, I thought. Dallas yeah. That was, was a good so game bad. last year. By then, usually yeah, the but that was... game has pretty good, uh, you know, pretty good energy. Yeah, uh, probably be an important game for Buffalo. Well, I was gonna say, I think, I think that first game could be interesting too, especially if the Bears win this weekend. Justin Fields continues to look good. I mean, that could be a big, even at least just for Chicago. Might not be much for Detroit, but at least you know you get DeAndre Swift and then Chicago. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. How are you doing on this fantastic Friday? 
I'm doing pretty good, you know, watched a, watched a couple of movies, getting ready for the, I don't know how you feel, but uh, I'm pumped for Ghostbusters Afterlife. You know, I was a Ghostbusters fan. We watched the uh, Ghostbusters 84 last night. We watched Ghostbusters 2 this afternoon, which I realized my wife had never seen, you know, in between uh, activities today uh, while they were working on our stairs. And then tonight we are going to watch Ghostbusters 2016. Tomorrow morning I have a bi-weekly dance lesson, and then I'll be taking my wife to a lunch and to Ghostbusters Afterlife, and I'm hoping she enjoys this one more. I've taken her on a movie date three Saturdays in a row, and the last two weeks have not gone in my favor. I'm hoping this turns out a little better. What uh, what did you guys go see the last two weeks? The first week I took her to see Spencer, um, Okay, which I didn't realize little slow last week we went uh, we had to leave get out of the house anyway because they were working on stuff but i took her to see belfast and i thought she would like it she really loves that show outlander and the girl from yeah. outlanders in there i loved it her not so much so. not so much i got you yeah She's like, the... this is so boring and i'm over there what what yeah yeah, that's the fun thing with when you go in and or even when like you're watching movies or TV shows at home with your wife. And I'm like, I'm like enthralled in what I'm watching. Like I was I turned on yesterday. We were just in before we get into football and I was watching The Sopranos and my wife comes over because I just gotten and got some food. and We're going to sit down and watch you. She's like, uh, are you going to put something interesting on him? Excuse me. Are you or did, do you see what's on TV? This is interesting. So. Oh, see, now she's yelling at me. Can you hear? She's yelling yeah, at okay. me. Usually she's not here, so I can say what I want. Now I'm afraid she's going to start watching this show. You know what? You just need your wife to find your PayPal account from, from all of our stuff so she can order herself a coach purse because it worked well for me. I mean, not financially, but I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. What's what, what PayPal? What, what PayPal? All right, so now it's like I have to do a show. Oh, you better go down there. Yeah, yeah, football, 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 football. That's all we talk about on this show. All right, so let's let's recap the Thursday night football game, which I'm going to be honest, I tuned out after dreadful. halftime. That's what I heard. 25 to nothing for the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots cruise. Uh, they beat the Falcons, I guess I should say. How do we feel about this backfield right now? I mean, Ramondre Stevenson looked pretty good. Damian Harris had an okay game. I mean, we talked a lot about this coming in, especially after the game Stevenson had last week. You know, I thought they both actually looked good when they were out there running the ball. They were both running hard, um, and their offense looks really good. The unfortunate part is they almost completely split snaps and touches and then you mix a little dose of brandon bolden in there and from a fantasy perspective this is the nightmare neither of them ends up getting into the end zone so there isn't a huge appreciable difference both of them caught a single pass both of them had a decent amount of rushing yard i i thought they both look good which probably means it's going to be in some kind of split as somebody who has sat back and watched denver all season long where you know, Javante, just about the time he looks like he's really humming, they pull him out so they can put Melvin Gordon in in case he has another fumble in him. You know, it's these black backfield splits are going to be brutal. I think the real bummer is just about the time we started to feel like Damian Harris was a go to RB2. I don't feel that same level of confidence after last night and the week prior. Yeah, that's what kills me is like, because we knew, right? We talked a lot about it coming into the season that he was going to be the guy between the 20s. And then when they got into the red zone, he may or may get pulled. He may get pulled out. We saw it a lot last year with James White. Um, and a lot of that too with Cam Newton. We were like, well, hey, Cam Newton gone. Maybe they continue to give him the ball. Then they bring Ramondre Stevenson in. It's like, okay, well, let's see what he does. 
what drives me crazy about Ramondre too is like they actually pass him the ball. So I feel like he has better staying power, and it sucks because, like, I agree with you. We just saw Damian Harris was really starting to come on. He seemed like he was kind of solidified into that RB2 spot. I think right now, if, I, if I'm if i remembering correctly, and I was trying to uh, to pull that up, but, like, my, my phone is being very, very slow here. I'm almost positive he's sitting right outside, like, RB1 territory. Okay, no, he's at RB2. He's sitting at RB19 right now, not counting – for the points last night. So Harris has been good. And now I'm with you. I think it's going to be more of like a 50, 50 split. And you're just going to be kind of hoping he gets what he did. Like toward the end of last season, when he was getting like those hundred yard games and you're getting at least 10 points out of him. Cause he's not going to get many receptions and he's not going to get many touchdowns. Unfortunately on the Falcons side, the Falcons struggle again. Is it officially time to give up on Mike Davis? Yeah, so Cordero Patterson actually misses last night, and that had been the kind of thing that's blocking him. So you think, hey, they're going to fire up Mike Davis. They have almost nothing else going on. Davis hardly gets any carries, hardly gets any targets, and they end up using Kadri Allison most of the game. They rolled in a couple other backs. I think Mike Davis is sadly, you know, I had some hope that we were going to see something at least usable from him, and it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I think he's on my bench now permanently. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he was like one of the running backs at the beginning of the year. Not just us, every well, I shouldn't say everybody. He was a, a huge people, zero RB truther. Yeah, too. a zero RB guy. But there was a lot of people who were not sure that this was going to work out for them, and it has. I mean, we all talked. Who were they going to draft? And speaking of draft, do we think that the Falcons maybe regret taking Kyle Pitts over Justin Fields at the moment? I mean, uh, Kyle Pitts is is amazing, but. I, I, don't, yeah, I, don't, I, I don't think they do from a financial standpoint, but I Atlanta has really got a, you know, it's weird to say because prior to the kickoff of last week's games, they would have been the last seed in the NFC playoffs, yeah. but they came out and they got absolutely decimated by the Cowboys. They got totally blown out last night. Technically at four and six, the way the NFC is, they're not totally out of it. But if I'm Atlanta – I almost don't want to keep winning right now. I, you know, you probably want that high draft pick. If you're Arthur Smith, you're looking around like we got to do something. It's a little unfair probably to Matt Ryan as well because their line doesn't look great. They have no running back. And Calvin, you know, if Calvin Ridley's out there with Kyle Pitts, and they didn't even have Hayden Hurst last night. So if Calvin Ridley is out there with Kyle Pitts and you have your more traditional tight end and you can actually block a stiff breeze – you know, Matt, we've seen Matt Ryan's been decent. I don't know that he's totally the problem. And the, for the first time since uh, the Ryan Leaf Chargers era, we had a team play three quarterbacks who all threw interceptions yeah. last night, which was exciting. Their defense isn't great. I, you know, I actually think they might more regret passing on, on getting Rashawn Slater or Panay Sewell because I like Kyle Pitts. Uh Maybe a quarterback would have helped, but getting a quarterback and throwing them into a situation they wouldn't have even had Kyle Pitts, then Justin Fields would be there with yeah. Olamide Zacchaeus, Russell Gage, and maybe a prayer. So, well, the other reason I say Justin Fields is, I mean, for those who don't know from Georgia, he's a Georgia kid. It would have been a hometown coming, but I also think their line's not much better than Chicago's, and we've seen at least the past couple games he's looked better. And I understand he's got Allen Robinson there, 
but they pretty much don't throw to him. So he's kind of really not there. They don't really have a whole lot of talent and he's been making it work with the guys they had there. And I think just because of what he can do with his legs, he might be able to make it look a little bit more serviceable because Matt Ryan, and again, I don't think it's all Matt Ryan. As you, I, we talked a lot about it coming into the week, right? Like you take away what happened to Matt Ryan in week one, he was a top 12 quarterback. So he's been good, especially for fantasy. Uh, but I just, I think Justin Fields, you, you have your future locked up there. And I don't know that they'd even throw him out there. They may have just rolled with Matt Ryan because they can't cut him. They can't get rid of that contract. I don't know anybody trades for it. So they may, it just may have been a, like, well, it feels like they took a chance on Josh Rosen to see if they could develop anything. Yeah. And uh, all he's done so far is, uh, throw interceptions. Yeah. Yep. Him and, and, and Felipe Franks, who was a horrible quarterback in college as well. So that was, uh, very interesting. As you mentioned, uh, three interceptions, one return for pick six Patriots. Uh, I have them on a couple of my squads. Uh, I was very happy to wake up this morning to see 28 points on my, uh, on my, so that was a lot of fun. Speaking of points and teams, Matt, where is something or what is another tool people can use to help them win their week 11 matchups? Yeah, well, we're about to preview and dive into week 11. If you want to get the tools that help Bob Harris reach the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame, head to footballdiehards.com and get the Flash Update Pro, a full suite of tools to make you a better fantasy manager. Rankings, configurable cheat sheets, mock drafts, consistency tools, target distribution, snap counts, and more. Use code ROUNDTABLE for an additional 15% off the already low price of $24. All right, let's jump into Week 11 previews, and we're going to start with the 5-5 five and five Indianapolis Colts at the 6-3 and three Buffalo Bills. A sneaky good game, I think, this weekend. I actually think this could be a lot of fun. What's going to be interesting on the Colts side here, so they are back to 500, and you would think what they need to do to beat the Bills is use Jonathan Taylor, right? Bills are third against the run and second against the pass. Probably, I would think, I don't know for sure, at one of the top, if not the overall NFL defense. So, Matt, how can the Colts beat the Bills this Sunday? Well, I mean, you have to anticipate that it's not going to be a super high-scoring game if you can get the win, because if you get into try to get into a track meet with Buffalo, as you said, their defense is good enough, that's not going to happen. But we've seen the formula. They do need to run with Jonathan Taylor. They need to try to have some success. They need to try to control time of possession. And they need to get pressure on Josh Allen, because that's really been the formula. You saw a Jacksonville team that was able to get pressure and disrupt. They were able to run a little bit to at least keep the game close and then you need to get some timely plays from Carson Wentz uh, you know probably to Pittman we saw this Colts team uh, do something similar to that with Philip Rivers in the playoffs that was a very tight and competitive playoff game in Buffalo when they were going along well so it's not outside the realm of possibility Colts have been picking it up but they need to – they probably – this is more about defense and time of possession than it is about spectacular plays. Yeah, and I mean, we've seen the Colts have been a little bit better here over over the past couple of weeks. It's going to be interesting if rank uh, – rank right continues to use Jonathan Taylor. I mean, That was a little Freudian rank. slip there. Yeah. Uh, if they continue to use Jonathan Taylor, because I, I don't know how big of a day he has here. Again, Buffalo's defense really good. Now, that being said – we saw Derrick Henry had a pretty good game against them earlier this season. And while I know he's not built the same, I think skill set and talent wise, Taylor can or should be listed in Derrick Henry's uh, right. class. 
And for him, it's not always just rushing. He had a, has a streak of 100 total yards in the game. So you yeah. could use him as a pass catcher to open them up a little bit too. They'll probably use Neheim Hines a little bit that way. Uh, that kind of loosens up some defense. Um, but it's going to be a lot about protection too. Oh, They've yeah. got to open holes. They've got to keep once the pocket clean. They've got to try to gl- grind the clock. Yeah, of course, I traded um, in a big league for Jonathan Taylor this week, and then, of course, he gets he gets the bills, and I was just like, I, I, I need a win, I, which I'm curious. I, I like your thoughts on this trade really quick. I love. I know people love hearing about our dynasty teams, but uh, who, who uh, uh, you know, I think everybody because I'm, you know, fabulous at fantasy. That's, at least that's the way I look at it. Um, so I am in third place. The team I traded with is in ninth. They're probably not going to win this year. I gave up J.K. Dobbins, a first-round pick. I have two 2022 picks, so I gave up actually mine, and I have the worst-place team, so I'm kind of confused why he didn't want that one. But I gave him my first-round pick uh, and a third-round pick for Jonathan Taylor because uh, I needed uh, – my running backs right now are Jarek McKinnon, Demetric Felton, and DeAndre Swift because J.K. Dobbins got hurt. So I needed an RB2 badly if I wanted to try and win a championship. Yeah, I think it's a decent trade. I mean, I like the potential of J.K. Dobbins, but you never know with the Ravens, and they haven't actually looked that good running the ball with other folks this year. Um, And, you know, I don't – I'm not incredibly high on the 2022 class, mostly because I listened to you during the offseason. I know you've come around a little bit more, and maybe we'll talk ourselves into it when we're lonely in February, just pining for the NFL. But, you know, I Taylor, to me, has established that he could be top five. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why I loved it. And there's a lot of people – well, I should put it this way, because this is, again, and I've, I've talked about this before. I play in like a league with some dinosaurs, so we still have trade approves and vetoes, and we've gotten some vetoes on the trade, and I think it's a fair trade. I, I don't see why it's not. Uh, you know, he's getting a guy who, like you said, I mean, Dobbins, even if you don't think that highly of him, he's still at a back-end RB1 or high-end RB2. You get a first-round pick and a third. Like, I think that's fair value for for Taylor, especially for a team who's not competing. But I don't know. I, th- I thought it was a decent trade. I'm, I'm excited to get a, another share of Jonathan Taylor, and we'll see. Uh, you know, we will definitely talk more about the 2022 class. I think that first round is going to be a lot better than I gave it credit for. Well, that. and, you know, we kind of ended up seeing almost the transverse of that with 2021. We were super excited about going yeah. in, and then based on landing spots and everything, you know, looking back, it's even probably grimmer now. But once you got out of the first round, and when a lot of joy to be had. Yeah. And, and you know what? I think you can make a lot of comparables to that class and this class because running back wise, there's really only two guys that I want, which is kind of the same as this last class. There's a ton of wide receivers. And if some of them go to uh, Jordan Reed, I'm going to, I'm going to plug him really quick. Uh, he just joined ESPN came from the draft network, uh, joined on with Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay to do draft coverage. He dropped a mock draft recently. And if some of the players go the places that he had, I mean, it would be really, really interesting. He had the wide receivers going. I don't mean any disrespect because Mel Kuyper has been doing this for a very long time, but I felt like he did a much better job of, of what he was talking about than I think I've seen Kuyper do, at least this year, especially with the way he had the players. He didn't have some of these quarterbacks who don't belong in the first round in the first round and stuff. So the sad thing you know. though is uh, actual drafts tend to go closer to 
That is very that's, true. That's why it's heartbreaking for, for us. We're like, man, yeah. the guy only went there. NFL teams not on the same wavelength. Yeah, that well, that is true, you know. And again, you know, I'll, I'll just say, what do I know? I'm sitting in a wooden chair in at my house in Texas, and not a g- general manager's office in the mm-hmm. NFL. But I am with you on that part. All right, so the Bills are in a heated race in the AFC East, especially with the Patriots getting another win last night. Can they get back to that dominant form? Yeah, and this is going to be a good test because they're actually they're playing a good team here at home. Uh, we've seen them have a couple of big stumbles, and they effectively erase their margin for error. Josh Allen needs to come out there and he needs to come strong, needs to get the ball to digs. I'm just a little confused. They really cannot seem to get anything out of that ground game. And I think that puts so much pressure on Jonathan or on Josh Allen. And I don't know if that's going to improve here against the Colts who have a somewhat decent defensive front. Yeah, that's going to be the biggest thing too. Cause I mean, I know Allen's big and he's built for it. I don't know that they want to keep running him as much as he's had to as well. Uh, Colts defense is going to be interesting to see what they can do with it. They can stop the pass. Cause if they do, it does make the bills a little bit one dimensional. We saw that against the Jaguars a couple weeks or was that last week? Is that last week that they lost? It was the two, weeks two weeks ago weeks? that they I lost to Jacksonville last week. They came out and just destroyed. Yeah. I think it was the jets. They ended Mike White. Yeah. It was the jets. Yeah. Uh, run. Yeah, unfortunately, it's QB1. Yeah, so, I mean, if, if they can come out and slow down the passing attack like the Jags did, I, I mean, I, I really do think it could be a very good game. Maybe not a lot of fantasy points, but could be a good game. Uh, that being said, I'm going to stick with the better quarterback because I think those guys win games. And that's Josh Allen. I'm taking the Bills. I am also taking the Bills. Dennis took the Colts. All right. Next up, the 6-3 and three Baltimore Ravens at the 3-6 and six Chicago Bears, a game that I really want to watch, and we'll talk about that in a, in a minute. The Ravens have struggled of late. Does this a, a get-right game for them against Chicago? Can they turn it around? Well, they got to be feeling good that Khalil Mack's now out for the year. Um, that certainly helps. But the Ravens have really struggled running the ball. Maybe getting Latavius Murray back will help. I thought it was a little interesting they outright released Le'Veon Bell because it seemed like Bell had ascended in their rankings of running backs. I know they like what Devonta Freeman has done. Maybe this opens the door for some Tyson Williams. Uh, Lamar apparently was a little bit sick today. Marquise Brown dealing with an injury. I think the emergence of Bateman has helped a little bit. Um, you know, if their defense can get pressure, Justin Fields and hold Chicago's offense in check, that will help. But the Ravens, you know, they came back to win against Minnesota, but they've played three subpar games in a row sandwiched around the bye. They need to get back on track and start establishing themselves as we head toward December. Well, you don't want that, but if they want to do it. Oh, I, I mean, I had them win in the division, so I'm I'm okay with them doing that. I, I still had the Browns making the playoffs. So I'm going to be honest, that seems like a pipe dream at the moment with the way they're playing. I've, I've dealt with that for 30 years, so it's not really a major shocker for me. It doesn't, doesn't really bring me down as much as it used to in my younger days. Started to realize that the Browns don't care about me as much as I care about them, so I probably shouldn't let it ruin my day as much. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, though, on that. Um, Lamar seems like he's going to be good to go. He's been dealing with... with uh, uh, illness is a lot lately, and I don't know if that's like their way of like allowing him to not practice or... as well. So it always makes you nervous. Yeah. When you're like, he's he's sick. I'm like, what kind of sick? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you because I actually have a couple shares of him this year, and I'm, I, you know, he's been good. So I'm, yeah, every time I see that, I'm like, 
oh crap, please don't let this be the week. But uh, Hollywood Maybe Brown. Maybe it's just the kind that forces you to leave the sideline during a critical game and have to make a walk to the you know? to the locker room and then come back out and emerge he, having cured your cramps. He needs to adjust your the diet. Yeah, he needs to adjust the diet. That's what I've been told. You know, adjust the diet. Maybe you don't have as many stomach issues or cramping, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I mean, Marquise Tyler Brown's a guy that I'm watching here. Uh, I saw that he was downgraded to questionable earlier today. Uh, he's probably going to play, but you want him to be healthy and out there because when he's playing well, this Ravens offense is typically looking good. Um, you know, as for Tyson, is he a speculative ad for you? I feel like he was probably dropped in a lot of places because of that. I, I think mean, it's I, Latavius Murray and Devonta Freeman. I think what they're what telling you by releasing Bell is that, hey, Devonta Freeman's the aging running back that we want handcuffing. And I always thought Latavius Murray was likely going to be end up being their main back. I just wonder if this means I mean, Tyson Williams would have to be active at least now yeah. because they're, they're not going to only have two running backs active. It'll be interesting to see. I was just – I don't know how you felt. I was mildly surprised they released Bill. Uh, yes and no. I mean, he didn't. He hasn't looked great like the past two years. I was kind of surprised they brought him in, especially because Tyson Williams looked so good in week one. It's been kind of weird. But yeah, I'm with you. They Well, and if Latavius have... doesn't play, we're definitely going to get Freeman and some Tyson Williams. And Bell was getting goal line opportunities, so that could be good for Tyson Williams. I just don't know. This late – this stage of the game where we're sort of going through buys. I don't know if he holds enough potential upside to be a speculative ad. Yeah. I mean, if you just got to watch it because one slip and either one of those guys might break their hip there, they're getting pretty up there in age. You need, you need to have the younger guy like Tyson Williams ready to go. Justin Fields has had his best games before the buy. What are you expecting against the Ravens? The, this is what I'm watching for, but it's, we know what Justin Fields can do. We know what he's struggled, struggled with a little bit this year, and that's passing the ball. The Ravens have the worst passing defense in the NFL, so this could be a sneaky good game for Mr. One Justin Fields. Except the Bears don't have a great deal of wide receiver depth, and Allen Robinson is now doubtful, which was a real bummer of a downgrade to come at the end of the week. Um, because those were some hopeful signs. I'm worried about the pass rush caving in. I'm also worried, you know, Nagy now should be fully back and healed from his COVID time away. Does that change the offense? I think they're still letting that other dude, Bill Lazor, call the plays. I'm also curious about the the running back rotation because what we saw between Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson last night is what we had hoped we were going to see when David Montgomery came back, uh, that Khalil Herbert would still get some chances. Did not see that at all in the last game they played. It was pretty much all David Montgomery all the time. But I would, I'm curious to see if they can get some running established. Could be a good game for Darnell Mooney. Could be a good game for Cole Komet, who after a bunch of weeks of looking like he wasn't really involved really exploded in that game against the Steelers before the bye but hopefully you know Justin Fields looked like he was progressing what you would have traditionally expected before of a rookie quarterback in those couple games before the bye hopefully at least some signs of progression continue yeah and this could be a Big breakout game for him if he can even just keep this close. He gets a lot of comparisons to Lamar Jackson. I'm really excited for this game to see what Fields can do. 
you know, Allen Robinson is looking like he's likely going to be out of this one. So that could hurt him a little bit because that really puts a lot of pressure, I think, on Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I'm very curious to watch as well because that first game back, Khalil Herbert was like almost like he didn't any do anything while Montgomery was out, and they just went right back to Montgomery. So I'm curious to see if he gets any run in this one. Uh, but I, I, I'm really excited to watch Justin Fields, and I'm hoping he can take that step forward. Uh, I'll let you pick. I got to think about this because I know where my heart well, wants to go, but my head wants it. to go a different direction. Dennis has followed your heart and taken the Bears. I have followed your head and am taking the Ravens. Screw it. I said Justin Fields was going to take whatever team he got drafted by to the playoffs this year. That's going to happen. I didn't even start getting some dubs. So I'm taking the Bears to upset the Ravens here. All right. The soon-to-be 1-8-1 Detroit Lions at the soon-to-be 5-6 Cleveland Browns. The Lions are coming off a non-loss, but can they get a win with what looks to be likely Tim Boyle at quarterback? No, not even Tim Boyle's mother is picking the Lions this week. So uh, you're out on an island on your own. I do not think this is is the week they break through. Um, uh, I don't know if you saw Austin put Tim Boyle's college stats on uh, online this morning. That was sobering. Yeah. No, I haven't. Um yeah, I mean, I think the likelihood that the Lions get the win this week is is skeptical, especially with as good as, like, the Browns' defensive line has played pretty good. I mean, that's what Miles Garrett still talks is, like, defensive player of the year. They've been good. It's kind of like the rest of the team has not been. But Detroit plays tough. I mean, I don't think this is going to be a bad game. I mean, let's let's just, you know, transitive theory here, right, really quick. The Falcons, 95 carries really- for Nick Chubb. He gets 500 yards on the ground. And hey, I wish. I got a lot of shares of Nick Chubb. It'd make me very happy. There's no way you lose a matchup with him getting 500 yards. Uh, the Falcons, they're bad. I would find a way to lose a matchup. That would be like Nick 50, getting 500 yards points without getting any touchdowns or anything. Hey, I'd still find a way to lose that matchup. Just you see. I mean, what, is it, what did Jonathan Taylor do a couple weeks ago? Didn't he go off like 36? 37 oh, yeah. remember I that was lost. That Monday I forgot that uh I forgot that I had I I was like oh I've got his Marquise Brown and then yeah. after Jonathan Taylor caught that screen pass for a touchdown my friend's like hey you're off to a good start and I was like oh damn I do have yeah. yeah and one of my big money redraft leagues where I have Jonathan Taylor I lost that matchup by two points so it's possible I'd find a way to lose with Nick Chubb getting me 50 points but the transitive theory thing the Falcons are a very bad team right but they only lost to the Patriots by 25 points. The Browns lost 45 to 7. The Browns are not much better than the Falcons. Let's just be honest here. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. I think Swift still could be a very good play because of what he gets in the receiving yards uh, or what he gets in the receiving game and what he does, obviously, running the ball. Realistically, he is the only guy. I don't even know that I feel you have to play Hawkinson. I would not feel comfortable playing him. Well, you feel less, much less good about Hawkinson. Yeah. I, I mean, Say what you want about Jared Goff. I feel much less confident about any pass catcher there with the alternative. Yeah, yeah, I am right there with hey, could be Dan Orlovsky. Just saying. Well, let's not let's not bury Tim Boyle. Oh, just yet. so Tim Boyle's gonna run out the back of the end zone. Got it. I mean, hey, you know, Dan Orlovsky set that bar high. So, you know, we'll just, let's just let's see what Tim Boyle does. Cause who was who was their backup last year? He had a couple of good games because he played on that Thanksgiving game when Stafford got hurt. Like that's I don't I don't want to like I know Tim Boyle didn't do I, that in college. I think Stafford I started all sixteen last year. I think he, he did, but that, of he the came year in. before. 
Oh, uh, was it the uh, year before? I thought he came into it. I think I it was Stafford hurt his hand. Detroit's backup the year before went to Denver, and I wish I could remember uh, what his yeah, I think you're what right. his name was because he ended up playing last year, and then he went to Houston and didn't even make the Houston roster. We released him. It was he was, he was that irrelevant, huh? I'll look it up really quick uh, while we talk about. I, the I blo- blocked out so many bad Denver quarterbacks that yeah. Uh, that that's understandable on your side. I can I can get that part of it. Uh, for the Browns side here, they were embarrassed in Week Ten. I think that's a little bit of an understatement. Uh, they I'm almost positive they got letters to come join the CFL after that game. Will they get back on track here? And your thoughts on Miles Garrett comment post game post game is this a sign of trouble in the Browns clubhouse? I mean, I'll be curious your thoughts. Uh, they were very critical of that on uh, NFL radio a little bit this week. I didn't, you know, when I saw him make that comment, when I was watching football night in America, I didn't think a lot about it, but the more I thought about it, it's probably not a great sign. If you really broke down what he said is essentially we have no coaches or our coaches suck, which is not a great sign. They are five and five things haven't gone as planned, but as one of the leaders and one of the best players on there, uh, to come out and give those kind of comments. If those are the comments that are making it out of the locker room, what's going on behind the scenes? That is a little concerning. Hopefully, you know, they can get a win here. Maybe we'll see some efforts that they've galvanized together a little bit more. Um, but I would think that's a troubling exterior crack, especially since this team was fresh off of an experience of essentially releasing one of its star players potentially because of personality conflicts uh, there with the coaching staff. Yeah. I mean, it's not great because I feel like miles as much as, as Baker gets a lot of the pub and everything, I feel like miles Garrett is probably one of like the main leaders of the entire team, not just the defense. Uh, Now I'll be honest. I still haven't read or seen what he said, but I was told it was more like pointed toward the defensive coaching and made like we didn't we didn't it make was, any adjustments. That was a hundred percent. He said okay. we didn't have anyone on our sideline that was able to look at what they were doing and and adjust anything we were doing once we knew they had figured it out, which is a pretty yeah. big shot across the bow of your coaches. And that probably is, you know, defensive coaches, sure, but ultimately you know, Stefanski's out there too. So no coach could be super pumped about that. The reason, and this is again, coming from a fan. So take it for what you will. I don't really care that Garrett said that because I don't think he's wrong. And I know that him being wrong not may not be the issue. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I was say. You, you probably don't. You're not. You shouldn't say that in the media. But sometimes you've got to hold coaches accountable. And I love Kevin Stefanski. I think he's a really good coach. I think he's the right coach for Cleveland. We've seen him sometimes when it comes to going up against the upper echelon coaches struggle to kind of like make adjustments in the second half. And if he was just talking about Joe Wood specifically, I love what he said because that dude, again, you know, I'm armchair quarterbacking this. I'm not an NFL coach. He was our defensive coordinator when we had Vance Joseph. You don't need to protect my it's been It's been bad. And and the defenses he's been running, the way things have been, it's just, and nothing ever seems to get fixed. You know, we, we talked a lot about this offseason, right? They brought in all this talent. Get Grant Delpit coming back off injury. Johnny Johnson. 
you got Grady Williams is finally going to play. This looks like the same bad defense we've seen the past couple of years. The, the saving grace has been the defensive line and Jadavion Clowney and, and, and Miles Garrett. So I don't hate that he said it, to be honest. I hope it doesn't lead to any bigger issues. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, Miles Garrett's about to get released because that would be horrible. But, uh, you know, it's it's – I'm hoping it's not a, a bigger issue. I'm sure it's a lot of it is just frustration. I mean, a lot of people, probably including the Browns locker room, thought they were going to be a much better team this year. I don't think any of us had them lose. I think at most it was probably me had them losing five games, much less being five and five at this point in time in the season, not looking like a good team either. They don't – it's not like it was a, it's been a really close five losses and it's just the ball kind of went the wrong way. Like even the Chiefs game, right? Like – if they'd been playing each game like that, it was just kind of, oh, man, Baker made a, a bad pick or the the punter fumbled the ball. Ball bounces one wrong way for you, and it gives the other team one. It hasn't even been that. They haven't even – they've not necessarily looked very good. So I'm hoping it's not a bigger issue, and I'm not necessarily upset, but we'll, we'll, it'll be something to watch for. That all being said, I, I can't imagine – if Tim Boyle leads the Detroit Lions to a win on Sunday – Guys, this will be the last episode you ever see of the Fantasy Football Roundtable because not only will I be quitting fantasy, I'll be quitting being a fan of the NFL just in general. I'll be done. It'll just be like the the F F Football Roundtable. Um, We both took the Browns as well. I I, got to figure it out. It would take a lot worse performance than what they had last week. If they only score seven points, they probably still win. The one and eight Houston Texans at the seven and two Tennessee Titans. Matt, do you like anybody from the Texans in fantasy this week? I'm still playing Brandon Cooks, but I don't feel great about it. Tyrod hadn't looked good. The running game gives me nothing, so I'm not optimistic. They play well. Um, just Brandon Cooks. Yeah, and I think even even Cooks, maybe Tyrod gets it going. I had a lot of hope when he was coming back that he'd be able to kind of keep buoying Cooks to what he was earlier in the season. I think he's even kind of dropped to like a, a, a low-end flex play for me. All right, and don't curry this toward me, but you know I love speaking stuff into the ether, throwing it out there, letting the universe bring in good vibes. Got Dante Foreman in a lot of places after we talked about him. On, I don't know if you were there Monday. It may have just been me and Dennis, but regardless, I heard about, you though. Okay. Solidarity. We talked a lot about Dante Foreman. I got him in a couple places. What are we thinking? Because some. I also picked him up in a couple of places. Uh, you know, I am the, the one that made that waiver wire list for you. So I liked what I saw last week. This is his revenge game potentially yeah. against the Texans. I I think he ends up having decent value. He's the one I ranked higher. Everybody was buzzed when Peterson got signed, but we have not seen him do anything. Donta Foreman last week looked a little bit more like what people had thought we might see from Peterson. McNichols, is he ruled out or is he just get? Uh, I'm going to check for an update because he was not looking good. He hadn't been practicing. He hadn't been ruled out, but let me, I'll check. Yeah, I thought that's. I saw something about that earlier today. As I was trying He's to remember, banged why. up if nothing else. Yeah, I was trying. That's why I was getting a little bit more excited. I mean, I hope. Yeah, even if they just use him down in the red zone for a couple touchdowns, Texans, you know, they should be able to to run on him a little bit. Um, let's see. Jeremy McNichols is now ruled out with his concussion. Okay. 
I thought so. So that could be even more wheels up for Ooh, Bud Dupree also ruled out. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's I saw the that came across on like a like a Twitter message. It's like, oh hey, Dante Foreman wheels up. Might have to throw him in a lineup this week. I, I don't really feel great about saying that, but might have to throw him in. I am taking the Titans. We are both taking the Titans. The 8-2 Green Bay Packers at the 4-5 and five Minnesota Vikings. Aaron Jones likely out. We talked a little bit about this on Rankings Day. How good of a game are you seeing? Are you expecting from A.J. Dillon? Yeah, I think Dillon ends up returning RB1 value this week. He was running back three last week, even though they only featured him in the fourth quarter. Essentially, he scored the only two touchdowns in the entire game. I thought he looked good there. He caught two passes for 62 yards, so he's got that dimension. I think he gets fed. Yeah, I'm with you. I did not get a chance to do NFL rankings this week, but he had been in my top five. Uh, I think, especially with the fact now, if if Hill was still healthy, he's obviously out with the ACL tear. I think we might have seen more of him, which I would have loved to see because I, I, you know, Kylan Hill. Some people liked him, some people didn't coming out of uh, out of college. I think we might have seen a little bit of him, but I think it's going to be the AJ Dillon show uh, for the for the Packers here. On the Vikings side, what will it take for the Vikings to get a win? And if they do, what does this mean for the NFC North? Yeah, and we saw it last year when the Vikings, we were not expecting them to win at all. And they came out and they managed to get to Aaron Rodgers to frustrate him, to force him into turnovers and to make a few big plays to score. And if they can do that again... Uh, they can get there. They still have a lot of offensive weapons and they still potentially have a defensive minded head coach. If they got the win, they're five and five. They're right back in the, the playoff hunt. And they have closed the gap on Green Bay. I think if Green Bay wins this game, effectively the race in the NFC North is over. Yeah, I, I, I'll just say right now I'm picking the Packers, so I don't think that that race gets closer. Um, you know, I, I picked them to be my Super Bowl champions this year. Um, I'm, I'm hoping Aaron Rodgers plays a little bit better. I'm, I'm assuming it was more because of COVID. He didn't necessarily have his greatest game last week, uh, but I, I don't. I, I actually think the Vikings might play him close. This is always it's kind of been a close game the past couple of years, and I'm with you. They've got a good good offense. Justin Jefferson, you know, Jair Alexander out for the season, so maybe he goes out and has a good game. Adam Thielen's been kind of weird. I don't really know how to how to look at him every single week. I don't know that he's been – I feel like he's not been as, as good this year. Yeah, so – but I, I do think the Packers end up coming away with the win regardless. Yep, and Dennis and I both picked the Packers as well. The three and seven Miami Dolphins at the two and seven New York Jets. The Dolphins were great in week 10. Do they string together what is called a winning streak? I actually think they will. Um, they're catching the Jets at the right time. Uh, the right time being anytime Joe Flacco has been designated as the starter. That is the other thing the Bills gave us. Um, they beat Mike White into submission and we get Joe Flacco as our punishment. I'm pretty sure that's how that goes. Um, but I thought the Dolphins have looked much, much better on defense the last two weeks. This isn't so much. Their offense was okay, not great. I still don't know how much I trust Miles Gaskin because he either has some kind of explosive game or fundamentally doesn't exist. But I like Jalen Waddle in this. I think Mike Gusecki gets you some points after last week's goose egg, and I think the Dolphins get a win. 
Yeah, I'm with you. That defense, you know, they were a defense that we had, at least I know I did, like top five defense special teams, and they have not been good. But, uh, you know, when you're going up against the Jets, it's easy to uh, to play better, and I expect them to. Outside of, of the defense, though, it's really just Gusecki. I, I don't know that I trust anybody else. Gaskin, I mean, you're right. This probably is a game where Gaskin is good, and then again, I will pump the – trade him as quick as you can because I just don't think you can trust him, especially with the way the Dolphins offense has been playing. Mike White is out. You mentioned Joe Flacco is in. I mean, Elijah Moore has kind of come on the past two weeks. How do we feel now about the chat, the the chats, the chats, the chatty Cathy's, the Jets offensive players now? So what's been particularly ferocious for Miami the last couple of weeks has been their defensive front and their pass rush. They caved the Ravens in last Thursday night, forcing uh, Lamar Jackson to kind of run for his life. You know who's not really known for running for their life? That would be statuesque Joe Flacco. So I take that as a bad sign. Also a little bit worried about Michael Carter because that, Jets line hasn't been super incredible, and I think it's going to be hard for us to trust any of the passing elements. As much as Elijah Moore got some looks in garbage time last week, he was still only wide receiver 25. I just don't have a good feeling. The The Dolphins have a better secondary than what they faced last week, probably, too. Yeah, I think I'm out on everybody. I mean, you're probably still playing Carter because Carter. of what he can bring you, but outside him, yeah, I'm with you. I'm not playing anybody. Moore's going right back to my bench after, unfortunately, two good weeks. Because, hey, garbage time or not, it matters. I don't know if they're going to get much garbage time production with Joe Flacco back there, but we should hopefully be getting Zach Wilson back in a week or two. They said that everything is structurally fine in his knee the other day. So I feel weird, me of all people saying this. Let's hope we get Zach Wilson back soon. I'm taking the Dolphins to win this game. Dennis and I are also on the Dolphins. There's a lot of agreement on this 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 show. This probably means we're about to see another crazy upset week in the NFL. The five and four New Orleans Saints at the four and six Philadelphia Eagles. Big big game here, because eh? if the Eagles can pull off a win, it's going to make the NFC even more interesting. On the Saints side, though, Trevor Simeon has looked okay, but hasn't won. Do you think that changes this week? Yeah, and I think a lot of that's going to rest on the knee of Alvin Kamara. Wasn't able to to get in last week, and they don't have enough. He's out. Yeah, they ruled him out he's ruled out. Yeah. So they don't have enough explosiveness, um, and that's that was my kind of concern. You know, Mark Ingram looks fine. They don't have a super reliable set of receivers, and Trevor Simeon, while he's been fine, is not a difference maker. So it's really going to come down to can that defense make turnovers and get them some points. Yeah, I mean that's the thing that sucks for Simeon, right? Because I remember, I mean, you you had him in Denver, and I don't think he was horrible there. I think he was with the Jets and got that horrible knee injury, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, yeah, on a Miles Garrett tackle, or I don't know, it was a knee. I think it was his leg. I think he broke his leg or something like that. The way his leg kind of went. I don't yeah, remember. he had come in as he had come that. in as like a backup. Yeah, in that game because Sam Darnold got hurt, and then he came in. No, I think that was when Sam Darnold had mono. Yeah, and, and so he was and starting yeah. and got. But, yeah, he hasn't played horrible, but I think the difference is because, as you just mentioned, he's not really like a difference maker. 
and they don't have any difference makers at wide receiver. So it's not it, it's not really translating into much points. I do think Mark Ingram's going to be another great play this week. He played really well in place of Kamara last week. I think that continues this week. But yeah, he's I saw that earlier, right before we were getting ready to record that he like him and like three other players, I think, on the Saints got ruled out. And I was like, oh, okay. Because I'm playing Kamara in a league, and I'm hoping that the the guy doesn't realize it and leaves him in the lineup. The Eagles have played a couple good games here as well. Could they climb back into the playoff race? I actually think they can. We, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I think Jalen Hurts is not as bad of an NFL quarterback as some people have made him out to be. I, I was impressed with some of what I saw last week. I think he's developed good chemistry with Devonta Smith and with Dallas Goddard. Hasn't helped our boy Rager, but um, they've done decent in the back end. I think um, – you know, I think that they are doing enough offensively and defensively to to climb back in some things. It's possible that we could see Miles Sanders back. I don't know what that does to the backfield, but they've managed to get production no matter who's been back there. Yeah, and I think this could be a big Jalen Hurts game. The Saints, really good against the run. So whether Sanders comes back or not, I don't know that they're going to be very successful against the run. And we've seen Devonta Smith has had a good couple of weeks. But now he gets Marshawn Lattimore this week. So I'm curious as to what Hurts might have to do. I wonder if they make him throw. I think Hurts is going to be able to do a lot with his legs as well in this game. Because I'm picking the Eagles to win. I think that they get the win here. I like what they're doing on offense. I also picked the Eagles. That means they're going to lose. Dennis picked picked the Saints. Hey, I watched them last week. I thought they looked good. They do. You know, honestly... Five and six, the way the the NFC, the way the NFL in general is bunched up. If you're within yeah. a game of 500, either way, at this point in time, you still got seven weeks to make your move. I think the Eagles are, they're not as good as the Patriots, but they they remind me a little bit of that. Uh, they had some moments, they lost some close games. I mean, they played the Chiefs tough, and yeah. and didn't you know we thought they were going to get blown out. They played them tough. They may be getting it together at the right time. And I don't think that it's out of the bounds of possibility that they get back in. We're looking at a potentially five and five 49ers team talking about them surging. Why not a five and six Philly team? Yeah. Like I said, I, I I've been on the, the Hertz train for, for a little bit now. I think he's been playing a lot better now. I'm excited to see this game because I do think it is well going to be a good matchup and they get that win. I mean, I, I don't I don't know that they've committed to it, but I've been saying I, I really think they should give Hurts. I know you weren't on the show Monday. Me and Dennis got into that again because he's on the opposite side of that. He does not think they should build around Hurts, and I think they should give him one more year. I mean, I think he's just hit a full season playing games now where he's close to that, and he's been improving every single week. You've got to give him a shot. They fall apart down the stretch. Okay. But if they keep going the way they're going, you know, if they're anywhere in the, you know, six to 10 win range, I think you do it. Philadelphia has more problems than just one position. You have a guy who's kind of learning on the job at coaching. I I like what they've done. um, And I like what he's done. The, all the answers for everyone's long-term quarterback situation are not in this draft. Not well, the one thing's answer. Yeah. And the one thing I'll say is even if they fold down the stretch, if it's not because of Hurts, I still think you build around him. It's because if they get like if they play like they did against the Chiefs and he's still playing well, but they're just not getting the win, some that's not necessarily on him. So I, I think he's it's something we have to watch, but 
I, at this point, I think I'm safe saying that I'd give him one more year because I'm with you. I don't know that there's a lot of answers or there's a lot of quarterbacks in this class that are better than Jalen Hurts. Well, and so I think quite a few teams. I mean, think about like the Steelers are going to need an answer, yeah. not because Ben is demonstrably worse than a Jalen Hurts, but well, maybe he is, but he's probably done. You know, Atlanta's probably looking. Denver, you know, is probably looking. Carolina is probably looking. I mean, and these are teams that are actually have been competitive and are up there. So I, you know, I don't think franchise quarterbacks are as easy to find as we wanted to believe. If anything, the five, the crop of, you know, the super five that we've had this year have kind of shown that Fields is looking better as he's growing into it. I heard uh, your guys' discussion of Lawrence, but I stuck that question on there because people are starting to panic a little bit. He looked like the most pro-ready prospect, and it looks like he's going to take some time. The only one who's looked like solid gold so far is Mac Jones. Yeah, I loved Mac Jones coming into the offseason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the one thing I'll say is, again, I, I don't want to – if you listen to us, I know I did not say Trevor Lawrence was the most pro-ready. I said it was Mac Jones, and he's looked it. And, and we talked a lot about it, too. We did not think the marriage of him, Urban Meyer, and Daryl Bevel was going to be great, and I think that's shown. But, again, yeah, I'm not, I'm not freaking out on him just yet. All right, so the 3-6 and six Washington football team at the 5-5 five five Carolina Panthers. Big win last week at Washington. In fact, their defense looked better after Chase Young which went out, which was surprising to me. They stepped up and they handled their business. Can they continue winning moving forward? Yeah, and they're another team, you know, if we were talking about the quarterback in an interesting discussion. I, from week to week, my feeling about Taylor Heineke changes i still don't know if i think he's the long-term answer but uh he definitely stepped up last week he played pretty well um they had a big win against tampa bay when they needed to and um you know this is a, a another homecoming game for ron rivera uh, going back to carolina where he was a coach for a long time uh some of those players coming back in there it's going to be interesting to see Carolina's defense has greatly improved. Uh, Washington's defense looked like it stepped up a, a little bit last week. We, I, this could potentially be a lower scoring game. Sorry, our good friend Austin just retweeted the show. At least I assume it was Austin and his caption of the show just uh, made me laugh. It's It was uh, Matt Fox and co-host break down the NFL week 11, so... I, I, well, I, I it's like because that. he only honors the one that uh, mentions the facts he drops on Twitter. Apparently, he must have that, heard that. That that's definitely and now me and Austin secretly hate each other. That's all it is. Uh, Cam Newton is back. What are we expecting from him and the Panthers' offense? I'm pushing my chips in. I, I had Cam Newton as my start this week. I had him in my top twelve. Um, I think he's going to be pumped to be back in front of those hometown Carolina fans. It's one of the more feel-good stories we've seen in, in a little while here in the NFL. I, I don't think he has any animus against Ron Rivera, but I think he'll want to play well going up against his former coach, and he's going to want to play well for those home fans. I think he's a decent fit. Um, if we can will some targets to DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson into existence, I would like to get that done. I'm still a little suspicious of the the back end there. Um in Washington. And I would say one difference between Cam Newton and Tom Brady, aside from 
the amount of jewelry that they own for fingers is the Cam Newton is probably able to escape pressure in a little more dynamic way than a 43 year old Tom, uh, which could help him. I also think they're going to use him in the running game and he has Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I'm all in as well. I, I'm hoping that he gets the win, which sucks as I really was hoping to see Washington continue to turn it around. As as we talked about, they looked good last week, came back and beat the – they're not came back. They they led. We're just switching our bandwagon from Washington as the yeah. wildcard team in the East to Philadelphia. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll be 100% bored on that. So, yeah. I, I But I, I do think that they go out there and get the win. Uh, just – Excited to see Cam Newton back in the NFL. He's, as, as I said on Monday, he's a little bit of a front runner. Uh, when they're winning and things are going good, he's this lively, fun guy. When they're losing, he he mopes a little bit. But I think they're going to get the win this week. I'm taking the Panthers. Yeah, Dennis and I are taking the Panthers too, and it's gonna you know it's gonna be fun down the stretch. They are not totally out of it. It does certainly seem like the language around Sam Darnold has changed. To we we probably ain't seeing him again this year, especially if Newton continues to play decently. Yeah. The four and five San Francisco 49ers at the two and seven Jacksonville Jaguars. Jimmy G has been on a tear. What do we think is going or what do we think of this passing game? Yeah, I mean, Jimmy G has been doing pretty well. He was just outside the top 12 last week, but I think he's been going along good. I really like Debo Samuel. I have him up in my top five at receiver, and I really like George Kittle. The only tight end who scored more points than George Kittle since he came back from injury is Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, it, it sucks. Uh, I shouldn't say it sucks. It, it hurts to see Debo being so successful because I feel like that's completely buried at Brandon IU, but uh, he's – been a little more relevant of late. I still don't but know if not. I'm into the I feel good playing him yet. Yeah. If Debo wasn't there, I feel like we'd be seeing out of Brandon Ayuk somewhat. He doesn't have quite the 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 power running after the catch that Debo does, but uh Ayuk, he's good at football as well. If Elijah Mitchell misses this game, who are you starting? Is it Jeff Wilson? Yes. It it certainly so Jeff Wilson was a guy, had he not had that uh meniscus tear prior to the start of the season, there was some thought, you know, and I know we discussed it among the three of us that they might release Raheem Mostert because they liked Jeff Wilson so much. It seemed like his injury kind of cemented that Mostert was the starter. I think they, they do like Wilson. He's working on his way back. I think it's probably Wilson. And then we see some Jamichael hasty. I just don't have any confidence that sermons getting shots. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I, I don't even know who Trey Sermon is anymore. I, I'm surprised he's still in the, uh, still in the NFL with the way they treat him. The Jaguars offense has been a struggle. Um, is it just Dan Arnold? Oh, James man, Robinson. That was, yeah, yeah I forgot. Yeah. James, James Robinson's there. I, you know, I don't feel incredible about James Robinson right now, but yeah, him and Dan Arnold. Uh, and I, to me, Trevor Lawrence is a very, very low-end borderline super flex option. And that's more yeah. because we have like Tim Boyle and possibly Colt McCoy, Mason Rudolph, Joe Flacco, Tyrod Taylor, all starting games. So, huh, Yeah, that was a really uninspiring list of QBs you just mentioned. I well, am... So that puts you that puts yeah. you closer to the top twenty four when that happens. Yeah, yeah, that is for sure. And I still don't think he makes a top twenty four with all those QBs you just mentioned. Uh, I'm taking the 49ers to get the win here. What about you guys? I am also taking the 49ers. Dennis, uh, the last true believer, is taking the Jaguars. 
Well, football fans, who's ready to score some free bets? Now you can when you bet on any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN, bet $1 on either team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, next up, we have the 5-4 and four Cincinnati Bengals at the 5-4 and four Las Vegas Ra- Raiders. The Bengals struggled a bit before their bye. What do we expect coming out of the bye? Well, it's a big game. You know, uh, they lost two games and then went on the bye. The Raiders also have lost the last two games. Both these teams were at one point in first place in their division. Both of them are in divisions where everyone is 500 or better. I am hoping that we see kind of a return of the up-tempo Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase show. I'm kind of banking on that. I had Chase as a top three option. I also have returned him to my fantasy lineup, so I would really like for him to to give me a nice performance. But I think that will have a big impact. They need to get those guys going well. When they were winning games and when they were really cooking, those two guys were leading the way on offense. Yeah, and I think this could be a really good game. I think we've seen the Bengals' defense come back a little bit compared to how good they were earlier in the season. The Raiders' defense struggling a little bit as well. This could be a fun offensive shootout, but I'm with you. Uh, Jamar Chase needs to get going. Joe Mixon as well, big part of that offense. I think if they can get him going on the ground here, it's going to help open things up for them in the passing game. On the Raiders' side here, they've lost two straight. Is there? Or do they get it back on track Sunday? Boy, I hope so. You know, I was expecting, you know, they have played the Chiefs really tough the last couple of years, and they just looked totally flat. They were kind of moving the ball early. Djax had that fumble, and it's like the air kind of went out of everything. The big concern, you know, if you were rooting for the Raiders, is that the last couple of years they've come out hard, looked like they were going to be in the playoffs, and then sort of faded away. And that, you know, I would be really nervous. Whoever wins this game helps their cause, and whoever loses this game puts themselves in a, a really tough position. There are 12 out of the 16 teams in the AFC that are 500 or better. That There's only seven slots. It is going to be a brutal fight. You really have to start coming up. And whoever doesn't win this game ends up on a three game losing streak. I think the Raiders, I, you know, I have more confidence in the, as funny as it says, the Bengals being able to snap back if they don't win this game, than the Raiders, I think if the Raiders don't get a win here, we are looking at probably a pretty epic collapse. Yeah, and I mean, not just a collapse for them. It, it could be with the Bengals as well. And the fact that you just mentioned there's 12 teams there. They only get seven spots. And both these teams are in very tough divisions because all four teams in both divisions are in it. And I, I would say for me right now, just looking at the AFC North and the AFC West, 
I'd be more worried if I was the Raiders because the Browns look beatable, and so does Pittsburgh, where the Chiefs look like they've bounced back a little bit. The Chargers, they've had their struggles, but they've looked like a good team. Hell, even Denver earlier this year with the way they were playing defense and running the ball looked like a really good team. I think the AFC West is a little bit tougher. If the Raiders lose this one, it could be tough sledding for them to get back into it. And I do think that they're going to lose it. I'm taking the Bengals. Yeah, and that's the thing where I said I have more confidence in Cincinnati because they already beat Cleveland. They already beat Baltimore. So they have division wins, whereas the Raiders. Steelers. They, they didn't beat Cleveland. Cleveland massacred them. That was like all of a oh, sudden yeah, Cleveland. Right. Cleveland yeah, massacred they beat Paul, them. They, they, beat, massacred they, they massacred the Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah. And, they, and you're right. I, they beat the Steelers. But, I mean, they've won a couple of division games, whereas the Raiders got massacred by – the Chiefs, they lost to the Chargers. Dennis is also picking the Bengals. I am taking the Raiders. And you know what? I, I say I'll say this right now. I wouldn't hate it if the Raiders I kind of want the Raiders to make the playoffs with everything that's going on with that team. And I've really kind of come around on I just like Derek, Derek Carr. Carr. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. That's like his leadership and everything. Like I'd like to see him get because the one time they got into the playoffs was gear that he got hurt and he didn't even get that. I'd like to see him get in. I kind of like their their uh, coach who was their special teams coach, Pasaccio. Yeah. You know, he's been really not uh, good in interviews and just such a tough position. He's tried to handle it with class. And as painful as it's been to lose top end talent, I've respected the way that the Raiders have just released these guys who have done these things off the field and have tried to, to move on. Um, I just, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so this game, like a day ago, Looked like a lot of fun, and maybe it hasn't lost its luster too much here, but the 7-2 and two Dallas Cowboys at the 6-4 and four Kansas City Chiefs. Can the Chiefs slow down the Cowboys' offense with a banged-up Zeke and now Amari Cooper out for the next two weeks? Yeah. Will they save for two weeks? I thought he was just out with COVID. So he is out with COVID, but apparently they said they've already ruled him out for the Thursday night game. That was the message that I Oh, saw. that's right, because they – oh, I forgot. Yeah, they play Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. Yeah. Damn it. Um, yeah, and Tyron Smith is, is questionable. Dallas has had some injuries before. I still don't love the Chiefs' secondary, um, and I don't think they have anyone that matches up with CeeDee Lamb. Michael Gallup looked good coming back last week. Maybe this means my call of Dalton Schultz being not a good start. Uh, he becomes a better start. I felt only I could have seen. And they still have Pollard, you know, who when they were down receivers, they were working them in there. I've liked what we've seen from Cedric Wilson from time to time. I still believe in Dak. I think this is going to be uh, a more high-scoring game. And honestly, what gives me, you know, why I would probably give an edge to Dallas is I think their defense is better than Kansas City's. Oh, yeah, I think Dallas's defense is much better. And the one thing I'll say is, I'm really looking forward to this game because I don't know that the Kansas City's offense is back as much as we think it is. I know that they torched Oakland, Las Vegas last week. But the Cowboys' defense plays more of those two high safeties that we saw was giving Kansas City a lot of trouble earlier in the season. And with as good as they uh, look as well, I think this they, they could make Kansas City look more like what we saw earlier this year. I'm with it's probably going to end up being the Cedric Wilson breakout game here because uh, Amari Cooper's out and we expect CeeDee Lamb in them. I actually think this could be a big C. 
game. The Lamb. Well, I think that that's who they're going to focus on. I actually think this could be a big Michael Gallup game. And that I, wouldn't bum me out either. He's, yeah. you know, he's a sneaky play because he seemed to be the forgotten man when Cooper's out there. But I think with both of them out there, uh, you know, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see they used Pollard a lot as kind of a receiver and a screen game option when Gallup was hurt. I'd be surprised to see him go back there to that well as well. The one thing I will say is go figure. I drafted Amari Cooper in a couple of places this year and dude's been injured and now on COVID as well. It's just, it's a universe. It's a universe doing this to me because I've talked bad. Said I have bad a fair amount Mark. of Cooper, but I also have a But you've always loved Amari Cooper. See, I've always been, you know, that guy who is like Amari Cooper brick hands, Amari Cooper. Because I've got that. I, I love Amari Cooper tattoo on my left butt cheek. doesn't mean I love him. Oh, I I think it does mean you love him, and I think you know again it's the it's the universe it's the universe saying hi. You want to call him Amari Cooper? Well, now he's going to poop all over your roster. So, uh, but I, Amari Cooper, he's been amazing. I'm I'm excited to see him hopefully come back in two weeks. Have and I hope that he is well, healthy. I don't know if he was vaccinated. And let's right? hope so. it's a good game because there's only three late game yeah. slots on Sunday. Even though we have 13 Sunday games, I don't know why they can't balance some of these schedules. Because the NFL is stupid. That's why. Just, be, just being honest. Uh, the Chiefs offense got back on track in week 10. If CEH is back, what do we expect of the backfield? Yeah, and Andy Reid, uh, it's been sounding like kind of the dreaded Saturday night decision, whether they pull him off IR or they wanted to see him in practice. I think there's a decent chance he does come back this week. But I also think that with what we've seen from Darrell Williams, there's no way that they aren't some, doing some kind of decent split there. Darrell Williams was getting touches even in the red zone before CEH went out with injury, and he had some amazing plays in the passing game last week. So I honestly think if CEH plays, the real the reality is it's likely neither of those running backs ends up being top 24. Yeah, I would be. I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of ease Ceh back into this, especially because of how good Darrell Williams has looked. He he just seems to have more chemistry with Mahomes at times, and and with as well as he's played in the receiving game, and kind of just being a better, I think, kind of like thumping back that they might leave him out there a little bit more. I think Ceh is if he plays is going to get a fair amount of work, but I wouldn't be surprised if Darrell Williams doesn't just go away. Um, I'm with you. I think this is going to be a really good game, regardless, and I'm going to take. Oh, this I hate saying this. I'm going to take the Cowboys to win the game. Dennis and I are also on the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? But man, would I love it if Patrick Mahomes just shoved that football down there, throw it all Sunday long, no, and make Monday so you, much fun. You hate you hate the Chiefs. I disagree. I do hate the Chiefs, but I hate the Cowboys more. Those the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Like, roll down to a bar, pick up a Cowboys jersey, just Dude. join the bandwagon for the season. Even- Your team has abandoned you. That's all Dallas does is have bandwagon fans. All right, let's get at it. Let's move on before I get myself in even more trouble. The 8-2 Arizona Cardinals at the 3-6 and six Seattle Seahawks. Do you think we see Kyler Murray this week? DeAndre Hopkins already ruled out for the Cardinals. I think no, um, because they, they have their bye, and the Rams laid an egg last week, uh, and a lot, so did Tampa Bay. Um, you know, Green Bay's had its own issues. I think that's given Arizona a chance to have a little bit more cushion. And I also think the way Seattle is playing, honestly, they may not need Kyler Murray to win. 
Yeah, I mean, the the bad thing is I feel like they felt that way or thought like that last week and the Panthers came out and blitzed them. Uh, but I think you've got to get Murray healthy. We saw this last year. They were they looked like a team heading to the playoffs, and, and Murray just couldn't get healthy, couldn't get right, and it hurt this team down the stretch. Even if it means you have to take a loss this week to Seattle, if it gives Murray a chance to be healthier down the stretch, you've got to sit him, give him two more weeks, so I'm with you. I don't think we see Murray. The Seahawks struggled mightily last week. Can they get it done at home? Chris Carson out for the season, having neck surgery, I believe. So let's hope that he is okay and comes back from that. Uh, We'll see what that means for the backfield. Homer, Collins, none of these guys really that inspiring. Yeah, they can't run very much, which definitely takes away some of the big things that they want to be able to do. And I thought Russell Wilson looked dreadful last week. So that's going to be a big question there. Defense has been okay. I mean, they did a decent job against Green Bay. But if Russell Wilson continues to play like that, they're going to have trouble beating anyone. Hey, got one second. I'm. I feel yeah. it. I so feel you have, you have that. I was trying to stop that. So I don't know. Yeah, I heard they're drilling. Uh, yeah, I heard that. That's all right. Uh, it's drilling man, into I, my heart. You know, we get a little. We get we get to hear a little of. Uh, well, I was, let's let's figure out a better way to word this so this doesn't pop up on like uh, adult only podcasting here. You hear some kind of drilling equipment going on in the background. Then, of course, you had my wife yelling at me earlier. So this has been a fun-filled background episode. I'll, I'll put it that way. Yeah, I'm sure we, we hear my kids all the time anyway, so that part doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I think Wilson was just a little bit coming back from that injury. I mean, they had just pulled the pin out, like, what, four days before he went out there and played. As someone who's had thumb surgery and everything, that it's not easy to come back that quickly. And I was just like trying to hold the pen. Well, and it wasn't even his was thumb; it's his middle finger. Yeah. I would think that's even harder with where you have to grip. Yeah, with yeah, the exactly. Ball. Yeah, I mean, well, that's just my and point it is, was cold. Wasn't it cold and like some really crap conditions in Green Bay last week? I think it was raining slash snowing. That couldn't have helped. I'm so sorry. I'm so confused. My wife is yelling at me or trying not to yell at me, like mouthing angrily toward me. So I don't understand what's going on here. Anyways, just tell her two games left, (laughs) two games left. That's what I'm supposed to tell you. No, it's not that she's talking. I think about like broken fingers. I don't know. I don't know. She's she is much stronger than I am. I don't know why she's so confused by that. I I get a hangnail and I'm on IR for three weeks. I don't I don't understand. Uh, So anyways, yeah, but I I think Wilson can bounce back a little bit uh, coming being one more week removed from the injury, and they're going to have to rely on him with Chris Carson being out. That being said, I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, you know what? I'm going to take – I think Wilson pulls out the win. I was going to lean on Colt McCoy, but I remember what Colt McCoy did last week. And, and Might not even too. be Colt McCoy. It could be Strangler. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Russ, Russ to get the big win here. Yeah, Dennis took the Cardinals, and I'm gonna. I took the Cardinals, so I'm gonna stick with them. I don't. There's a couple of games, honestly, this week that are toss ups, and this is one of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna roll with Mr. Unlimited. I think. Yeah, I think he. Uh, he he gets back to it this week. The Sunday night football game: the five, three, and one Pittsburgh Steelers at the five and four Los Angeles Chargers. The Steelers struggled last week, and Ben is likely out again. Mason Rudolph said that he's going to be ready to go. Will they play any better? Yeah, and Ben's still on the COVID list as of today, so I think that probably means they're out. I didn't think they played too terrible, or he didn't play too terrible. I mean, you had Deontay Johnson laying one on the ground. I think Firemuth laid one on the ground. Their defense looked weird. I'm, I'd be more concerned if I was a Steelers fan about the fact that Minka Fitzpatrick is missing the game. Um but 
you know, they got Najee Harris. The Chargers have been a little up and down too. This might be, I don't know how you feel, but I think this might be one of the, it'll probably be competitive, but not a incredibly fun game to watch on Sunday night football. No, yeah. I mean, unless Herbert comes out there and looks like he did the first couple of weeks, because he, he's been struggling a little bit these past couple of weeks. I, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a whole lot of fun. The only player um, that you like just love watching for me on the Steelers side is Najee Harris, just how good he's been. And that interview he gave, I think it was two weeks ago. He He's just he's an amazing player. I, I'm rooting for him. Uh, but yeah, I forgot TJ Watt is out. too. Oh, man. The Chargers might end up rolling. But you know what? That might be a good thing for the passing offense and Fryermuth and, in all honesty, Deontay and Najee with as many catches as he gets. I think those are the three guys you're playing anyways. Could be a good thing for them. On the Chargers side, they fell short uh, in Minnesota last week. Can they get a win and move closer to the playoffs? Yeah, the same thing that we said about the Raiders applies to the Chargers. You you cannot right now afford to keep dropping. And, you know, this is another interesting. We had an AFC North, AFC West in the late window on the afternoon. You have it on Sunday night. Same thing. Um, you know, perhaps having the tie as opposed to a loss gives the Steelers a little bit of an edge. But the Chargers are another team. They have been really inconsistent, really up and down. Um, they need to kind of establish themselves. Justin Herbert looked like he was going great guns at the beginning of the season. Then he looks like he's hit a little bit of a sophomore slump. I I don't know if that has anything to do with it. It was interesting. Through four weeks, Mike Williams was wide receiver four on the season. He's been wide receiver 31 since then. It's like they have some kind of disconnect in how the offense is flowing. I don't know if Pittsburgh is the place where you get right, but at least they need to try to come out. They need to win some of these games against other competitive teams. Yeah, I think Justin Herbert, this is this is a it's weird to say because it's still we're we're midpoint in the season. This is a statement game right here. TJ Watt out, Mika Fitzpatrick out. You've got to win this game. This is a big game for you pushing toward the playoffs because not only does it get you a win to help keep you above 500 being at five and four, but it also knocks down one of the other teams fighting for a playoff spot with you in Steelers in the Steelers. And it gives you that big head to head victory. If it comes close to any kind of tiebreaker scenario, obviously they're going to have to get a tie at this point now to get to a tiebreaker scenario, but having the head to head here would be big. I think that they end up getting the win here. And if the chiefs lose, it could put them back in first place in the AFC West, which is, you know, a big position to be in going down the stretch. What, what do you mean if, when the Chiefs lose? And I don't like saying it, but Yes, when the Chiefs hurt. lose. Who are you guys taking? Dennis uh, didn't actually put one here, but I am taking the Chargers. All right, and then the Monday night football game, the 3-6 and six New York Giants at the 6-3 and three Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Saquon should be back. What are we expecting from him? Can we also reflect on the poor Giants? I mean, this has got to be like the fifth time this year when we're talking about a contending team that needs to get right, uh, that fortunately is catching the Giants. They have had a tough schedule. But, you know, I know there are some people that are a little lower on Saquon Barkley. I get it. It's not an opt- optimal matchup, but they've held him out extra time through the bye for a reason to try to get him to optimal health. And when he is fully healthy, he is a dangerous weapon. I think he can go back to being a running back one. He's a great receiver as well. Yeah. The one thing I'll point to with, with uh, Barkley and he does a lot of what this player does, but even better. 
And that's, we saw what Khalil Herbert was able to do against this Buccaneers defense. And I think Saquon can do that. You got Daniel Jones, who, you know, a lesser version of a running threat like Justin Fields is. I, I think that they could do a little damage here, especially Barkley. I'm excited to see him back. I think he can be good. You're firing him up. I, If I had able to was able to finish my rankings, he was in my top eight. I think he's in for a good game here this week. On the Buccaneers side, Tampa Bay has lost two straight. Is there any shot that it goes to three straight? I mean, I think there is a shot. We saw a Kansas City team come in on a Monday night game against the New York Giants in a similar kind of situation and thought that they were just going to roll out to victory. And they managed to get a victory, but it was by no means easy. Tom Brady has struggled um, with the ball. He got a little tough love from his coach, which in the past seems to have turned him around. But we don't know what the situation is with Antonio Brown. He's probably not likely to play. It was trending a little more positive for Gronkowski, but, um, you know, Godwin's still questionable. They still have AB listed officially as questionable. It actually looks like Gronkowski may have dropped off the injury report, so he might be back. So they're getting a little bit further to full strength, you know, hopefully that gives them some more red zone options, but they, they did not look good. They were flat last week in a game that they probably should have won against a defense that was faring a little bit worse than what the giants have offered. The giants are a scrappy team. I don't think if they take this lightly, they're going to be in trouble. But that being said, I think Tampa Bay gets back on track. Yeah, I'm taking Tampa too. Uh, I, I'm with you. I think that they bounce back in this one. Brady getting questions a little questioned a little bit. I think it's the perfect little chip on his shoulder he needs to kind of bounce back in a big way. Plus, it's the Giants, and I know Eli Manning's not there, but he's got a nice little history with the Giants as well. I think he wants to go out there and get a W here. Uh, so I'm taking uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers to bounce back and get that win. Yep, me too. All right, so that will do it for us tonight. Thank you, everybody who tuned in. As I always forget to say, if you guys can, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, we would really appreciate that. Um, check out everything going on at campus2canton.com as well. We've got a ton of great podcasts on there. We drop on their feed once a week. Um, outside of that, good luck to everybody in Week 11. We're getting closer and closer to the fantasy playoffs as well. Hope everybody gets the wins that they need to keep on pushing forward. Matt, Dennis, and myself will be back on Monday. Uh, we will have a short schedule next week as we're going into Thanksgiving week. So everybody enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you guys again on Monday. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop on ready. Do you got your pop on ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Only tackle in the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can.